This morning's scripture is from Luke chapter 6, verses 20 through 31, and comes from the message translation. Let us hear some familiar words in a new way. Coming down off the mountain with them, he stood on a plain surrounded by disciples and was soon joined by a huge congregation from all over Judea and Jerusalem, even from the seaside towns of Tyre and Sidon. They had come both to hear him and to be cured of their ailments. Those disturbed by evil spirits were healed. Everyone was trying to touch him, so much energy surging from him, so many people healed. And then he spoke. You're blessed when you've lost it all. God's kingdom is there for the finding. You're blessed when you're ravenously hungry, then you're ready for the messianic meal. You're blessed when the tears flow freely, joy comes in the morning. Count yourself blessed every time someone cuts you down or throws you out, every time someone smears or blackens your name to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and that that person is uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Skip like a lamb if you like, for even though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My preachers and witnesses have always been treated like this. But it's trouble ahead if you think you have it made. What you have is all you'll ever get. And it's trouble ahead if you're satisfied with yourself. Yourself will not satisfy you for long. And it's trouble ahead if you think life's all fun and games. There's suffering to be met, and you're going to meet it. There's trouble ahead when you live only for the approval of others, saying what flatters them, doing what indulges them. Popularity contests are not truth contests. Look how many scoundrel preachers were approved by your ancestors. Your task is to be true, not popular. To you who are ready for the truth, I say this. Love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer for that person. If someone slaps you in the face, stand there and take it. If someone grabs your shirt, gift wrap your best coat and make a present of it. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. Here's a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Thank you, Barbara, for reading that in the message. Mm. Not the version I grew up with, but it seems to take Jesus' words and make them real in a new way. I'm, I'm wearing a stole today that was made by my friend and colleague, Reverend Cindy Stores. She, gave this, she made this and gave it to me uh, at my ordination years ago. And it has the chalice and the words, remember me, which are Jesus' constant reminder to say, keep remembering what I've taught you. Keep remembering me in the meal that we will celebrate in a few moments. Keep remembering me in the community that gathers in the name of Christ. 
Keep remembering me when we are called to serve those who are hurting, those who are in need. Friends, if there's anything in Scripture that might help us get to a more mature place in our faith, it is the Beatitudes that we heard read to us a few moments ago. I commend this passage to you more than just this morning. You can go online and find any number of Bibles online and go to, the tra- go to different translations, the New Revised Standard Version, the New International Version, the Common English Version. Go to the message and read it and see which one of these Beatitudes capture your attention. One of them will. One of them will resonate so deeply with each of us that we'll know what God is saying because whatever captures our attention, that's a gift that God is giving to us saying, spend some time with this particular beatitude. Spend some time with this particular wisdom that Jesus is giving to us here and now in the landscape of each of our realities. These beatitudes that Jesus gave to us are beckoning us to a deeper understanding of God, to a deeper understanding of ourselves. It's wooing us to a greater honesty and truth about ourselves and about God. And there are Christians out there who have taken these words into themselves in such a way that they're free and they're filled with joy and they're by nature now in the flow of love from the time they get up in the morning. If you know Christians like this, seek them out. Come up to them and say, you know something I don't know. I want what you have. Chances are they will tell you this is how they got to that place of peace and joy and consistent love. Probably through deep prayer, probably through great suffering that they have come through on the other side of, probably through a sense of gratitude and deep love. That's what shapes us. That's what forms us. That's what brings us further into this Christ-like space. When we get there, and I don't know about you, but if ever I get there, I'm usually the last one to notice And it usually doesn't last very long (laughs) because it doesn't take much. Maybe it's just driving on New Jersey roads that throws me out of the flow of love. And I want to spend more time grounded in that. And the message says, 
Blessed are you when people smear your reputation. Blessed are you when people say terrible things about you. Friends, did you know that it is possible to get to a place of maturity in our Christian faith where we cannot be offended? Let me just lift that up as, as a possibility. There's a way to live in this earthly life where we will not be offended. Nothing anybody can say or do against us will offend us because we know who we are and we know whose we are and we are grounded in that Christ reality. It doesn't stop people from saying terrible things about us. It doesn't stop people from doing terrible things to us. But we will not be offended because we know who we really are as beloved sons and beloved daughters of God. Or beloved, whatever pronoun you want to use, of God. I think Mother Teresa got to that place of not being offended by anyone or anything, and she was free. Listen to these words of wisdom, and maybe one of these lines will capture your attention because that's the landscape you're walking through. If it does, just stay with that word or image and tune me out for the rest of this reading. Because that's the gift that God wants someone here to unpack. Mother Teresa writes, People are often unreasonable, irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some genuine enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend years creating, others could destroy overnight. Create anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, some may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it is between you and God. It was never between you and them anyway. Also in the Beatitudes, Jesus said, Blessed are those who weep, for they shall be comforted. This is the lectionary text for All Saints Day because when the church has celebrated All Saints Day, it gets us in touch with our our loss. Some of you have come today because 
a name of a loved one that's part of your heart, still part of your heart, died recently, and we're going to speak their names and light a candle for them. And you have had the courage to come this morning knowing that you might touch that space of loss again. But you don't grieve alone. You grieve with all of us because we're all grieving something or someone. A friend of mine who is a leader in the religious community here in the greater Chatham area is Patricia Runkel. She's a faithful member of the Friends Meeting, the Quaker Meeting in Chatham Summit. She wrote this book called Grief's Compass, Walking the Wilderness with Emily Dickinson. She uses some of Emily Dickinson's poems and Patricia's own reality of grief. Her brother died by suicide many years ago and she learned to process that and come through that very complex grief and she describes a landscape that may be helpful for someone here who is in a place of grief that is still fresh and still somewhat dark. And I read this to say you are not alone. Patricia writes, grief is a room invisible. You are pushed into it. For a while, it is the only room in your house. You stumble around, no lights, no clocks, no windows, empty. When darkness is dark enough, enough, you cross the threshold, return to the visible world. Dust on your desk, on the fruit bowl, kitchen, remember to eat, living room, agree to talk. When dust chafes your living skin, You'll step outside. Sun and wind will be at play. And you'll find yourself smiling. Really, I mean find yourself. You've been lost all this time. But you have the whole place back now. But that room will always be there. And the door will always be open. I close with this, which I read because I sense God wants to continue to nurture our congregation and those gathered here today to be equipped to walk tenderly with someone because everyone we meet is grieving someone or something. And maybe God is equipping us this morning to be, to be the ones who walk tenderly with someone else.
if God gives us that opportunity, here is some wisdom that may be helpful. When you meet someone deep in grief, slip off your needs and set them by the door. Enter barefoot this darkened chapel, hallowed by loss, hallowed by sorrow, its gray stone walls and floor. You, congregation of one, are here to listen, not to sing. Kneel in the back pew, make no sound. Let the candles speak.